Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. So Tyler gave me my gift that he brought back from Vegas. Oh, what did he bring? It's not a pregnancy test, is it? No, it's a naked man. (gasps) Oh, Oh, we brought you a David. And you know what he told me? He said he gave this to me because it has a tiny penis. (laughs) Did you say you have higher standards than that? (laughs) Oh, he knows better. I was married to his father. (laughs) The real question is, though, did he get gelato in that uh, in Caesars while he was getting you the David? Oh, he might have. I'll have to ask him and see if he did. That gelato, oh, is good. My God, I pour like when we were when I was there for Crime Con, and the NFL um, draft was happening. So like all the normal ways you had to go around were blocked, and I like dragged feet through the entire Caesar's hotel because I was like, I know this fucking gelato place is down one of these hallways. They went to Caesar's Palace a lot, so they might have. And I know they ate a lot of food. Most of them he sent me pictures of, but. Last time we went to Vegas, it was so outrageously expensive for everything. Oh, yeah. That we didn't have any money left over to gamble. It's like the opposite of what it used to be like. Yeah. Tyler's been saving up for like a year for this trip. I'm just too cheap to go someplace like Vegas. Vegas is expensive, but it can be, like, depending on what you eat, you can do it on the cheap. If you eat it, like, the, cap, not at, like, the buffets or stuff. Those are like, so expensive. Man, you used to be able to practically eat at those things for free. Yeah, now they're expensive. Mm. Buffets altogether are expensive. I mean, even if you go down to the Golden Corral, now it's, like. Do they even still bucks. have a Golden Corral here? Um, they the one, one on North on- Expressway closed down. They still have one on 240, don't they? Do they? Right down there? I, I don't think know. they do. Oh, I don't know. I put on my the pandemic was was hard on Buffets. Buffets. I don't you know didn't if want that want to go to a Buffet and share them germs. I don't know if that rebounded or not. I don't know. I've noticed that it is really so ridiculously expensive to eat out even at lunch. But I mean, still- Bonnie and I went to lunch the other day. What how much was that? It was like really Panera. God, it was like twenty five dollars, and all I you think did it was, was more get... than that. I think it was like thirty dollars. Of that time that we got two salads, yeah. That's, seriously, all that we got was yeah. two salads, yeah. and it was like, yeah, it was I... like thirty. It was like twenty nine dollars. I am just floored. Yep. Oh, and you know what else? Prime is going up again. Guess I heard that. Just it guess was going how much to. they want to charge. What's it at right now? Is it at one hundred still, or is it no? It's now? at one thirty five or something like that. Jesus, is it going up to like 179 a year? My mom pays for our prime, so I don't pay for it. And, and no more free shipping. What? What? That's the whole reason why you have prime. Well, the article that I read this morning, or was it yesterday morning? No, it was this morning, said that you're, you don't automatically get free shipping anymore as a prime member. You, there, there's a minimum order. Mm, we'll have to keep well, an eye on that. That's well, if they're doing bullshit. that, then I might just cancel my Prime. I mean, that's... <sighs> can you still get Prime Video if you don't have Prime? Like, can you just pay for Prime Video somehow? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Because I'm like... going to need Lord of the Rings, and I'm going to need Jack Ryan. <laughs> I know. It's just everything is so freaking expensive. It's like, give me a break, people. Everything's going up. Like, to eat out, um, grocery store... I know they say that everything is leveling off as far as it, inflation, but it still seems like food is keeps going up. Well, the, it's just the, the Fed raised rates the other day to try to. I don't understand how they think that's going to help. Inflation. That doesn't make well, any sense. Well, it's supposed to stall some inflation, is what it's supposed to do when you. Yeah, you but raise basically, the they're just charging you to charging you more to borrow money, and if you're poor, you need money, so you borrow money and you end up paying more. It just makes yeah. no sense to me. I was trying to. It's supposed to deter people from from spending from spending money because the spending too much money is what yeah makes inflation go up. Yeah. Well, and 
was joking. Like, I think. I think you're I right. Mean, I think so. I haven't, yeah. I had, um, they were talking about, like, everybody doing tax re- refunds and stuff because we notice a lot more call-offs when people get their tax refunds. Mm-hmm. And somebody was telling my friend, she was like, well, I'm not getting, like, I'm so mad. I'm not getting a big tax refund. I was like, no, the literal goal is to be even. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I never got that until I was older. Yeah, and she was like, what do you, and these are like, they're probably in their 20s. And they're, yeah. and Andrea's like, no, Megan says you want to be even. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Megan does say that. And yeah. the girl's like, why? And I was like, because. They have your money all year. Yeah, I was like, the feds are just sitting on 2,000 of your dollars for the whole year and not giving you any interest on it. Like, and there, she's like, oh, that's bullshit. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it really sucks that like for the last two years, I've owed money instead of getting money back. Welcome and I'm the at club. the absolutely <laughs> lowest tax bracket. I mean, I claim zero on yeah. everything and have more money taken out of my paycheck every other week for um for taxes and i still owed money at the end of the year i don't think i i I always owe the state i almost always have to pay the state like 30 dollars but i normally get a little bit of a refund i need to do my taxes i need to do that tomorrow because that oh i don't want to talk about taxes i just want to know if i'm getting what i'm getting back if i'm getting anything back is really just what i want to know Oh, I'm not getting any. I I already did my taxes. No. And I owed over $200. That's a lot, but it could have been worse. Ours was way worse. I don't make that fucking much money. I don't understand where their tax bracket ends that I owe $200 when I barely, I just about break even with my bills and my paycheck. If they would just make the richest people pay what they're supposed to pay without giving him a bunch of tax breaks, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. Right. I know. But in, inflation increases when production costs, such as raw materials and wages increase, and a surge for demand of products and services can cause inflation as consumers are willing to pay more for the products. Yeah. So, so supply and demand, basically. Kind well, of. I get that, but it, it costs more money to to do make all of the stuff probably because of all of the shipment things that happened during COVID yeah. and the price of food went up and everything and people are still paying for They're it. They're trying to recoup their it. costs. I know. It's, yeah. It still sucks. It'll even out again. It always does. It's a pendulum. It swings one way and it swings the other. I need some of that money yeah. to swing my way. Right. I just wish that fucking pendulum wouldn't hit me every time it swings. <laughs> it's more like that. It's more like for me that remember that movie where with Vincent Price, where the, the pendulum was swinging and it was like a scythe or something. It was like a <laughs> sharpened blade swinging across. <laughs> yeah. I've seen lots of shows that have that, but yeah. 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 That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. That's the pendulum swing for me. Yep. Hey, it could be worse. We could be France. We could be having riots over a two-year increase in retirement age. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, come on, France. You they, they just, get their they get their full salary, full fucking salary when they retire, and they're bitching about two years. France, fuck right off with your sixty-three years or whatever it is now. <laughs> yeah, I think I can't retire now until I'm like seventy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then I laughed at all the things on TikTok because like, hey, France, like we've seen how this ends and we can 3D print a guillotine for you now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well played, France. Well played. (laughs) I don't know. I just I just want everything to be. I want us to be able to make enough money so that we're comfortable. I want everybody to get along. And I and what's your third wish that will never come true? And I want <laughs> and I want um, the Earth to be protected from all of the negative forces that we are inflicting upon it. Since I'm wishing, I'll just Since sort of wishing. I'll just sort of make that big one right out there. Speaking of earthly disastrous things, sending love to our Mississippi and Alabama oh my and God. Georgia girls. Yes. We woke up to that this morning. We they woke up have, to that. Jesus. Well, yes, yes. You, you, we literally know how that feels, and we are. We send you love. <laughs> yep. It's going to be a bad tornado season, you guys. 
I cleaned my shelter this afternoon. I got the shot back out and got up <laughs> all my guard crickets. I'm kind of thinking about going next door and asking the little kids next door if they want to earn some money. <laughs> I can't bribe Dylan to do it anymore. He's gone. Is yours that bad? Oh, I saw Dylan I today. hate going in there. Did you? Yeah. Uh, we went by and took a Kaylee lunch, and he was uh, just coming to work. Oh, my baby. Yep. I, I love having him work right there because I drive right by him every night on my way home. Do you? Yep. I always want to stop, but that's, but I don't because I'm a good mom, and I see there's He's... a lot of people there, and I'm like, if I go in there, it's a bad thing. Just stay out. <laughs> he seemed like he was in a really good mood. Well, That's the happiest I think I've seen Dylan in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, he really is liking it there. That's good. I I'm mean, glad. Yeah, even though he's not making as much, quote, money, at least he's, you know, they're paying his taxes for him. And he's there getting a go. paycheck. He worked yeah. for those one people that he never even got any money for. I know, for six months. Yeah. He never did get the money back for that. That's Dang. insane. Insane. He's done trusting people. I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him. No, we all have that moment where we're like, we don't trust anybody anymore. Nope. <laughs> those are the th- done, yeah. Those are the lessons you learn when you're growing up, man. You got to yep. learn them for yourself. And they wonder why old people are so crotchety. It's because <laughs> all you motherfuckers. Bonnie's going to be the crotchetiest of the old ladies. <laughs> she is. She's going to be no. that lady. Oh my god! Don't go up. To, don't knock on her door. She'll bite your head off. Although <laughs> that. Although that's probably me on my block already, because these fucking kids down next door to me. That's Don't kick me. the ball in that lady's backyard. She's a witch, man. I'm She's going like, to cast a spell on you. Fuck right I'm going to be like that old man from the Sandlot with the dog in the back. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's like Sandlot. <laughs> Everyone's afraid to come knock on my door. All that's yeah. just gone. <laughs> Not to change but, the yeah. subject or anything. You guys know this, but not everybody maybe knows this, that if when you're a Patreon member, you get to hop on Zoom calls with us. Yes. And chat. The reason I bring that up is because we're doing one on Sunday night. We try to do them once a month. I don't think we got to it last month because we were all so busy. But uh, so we're, we're so looking forward to getting with our Patreon people. We have a new Patreon member. We do. I hope she I hope our new person comes. We can meet her. Her name is Cindy. Cindy, Cindy Overstake. Cindy Overstake. Welcome to our inside group, our Patreon. To our crazy lives. <laughs> we also need to have a, get a new episode in the books here. Yes, we do special episodes for our Patreon. Um, we've done some film adaptations. We've done fairy tales. I think we should go back and do film ap- adaptations again. That was so fun. Oh, that was so fun. Because, man... Because I think we cho- we chose one we loved and one we hated ap- adaptations. Yes, and I think I changed my. I pulled an audible and I changed mine at the last minute, and now I don't even remember what I said. Let's go back and listen to the episode to see what you I'd did. I'm like, what did I pick? I don't really, I think I like decided I threw like, oh, because we did honorable mentions or something. I think we did like one each honorable mention because we were like, there's so many. Yep. So that's why yeah. we decided we're going to do another adaptations episode because they're just too many so anyway it's really cool to be a patreon member because you get all kinds of neat perks and plus you get to hang out with us which is also pretty cool that sounds terrible the extra stuff that we cut out which is more than you would think sometimes yeah it's been a while since we've had extras i don't know why that is sometimes we have extras and sometimes we don't well sometimes we're like right on it and sometimes we're more chatty like today yeah today we're more chatty i'm over here friendship braceleting away when are you ever gonna finish that how many friends do you have for fuck's sakes besides us of course and i don't see any bracelets on our arms so you can just fuck right off (laughs) they're for the taylor swift concert everybody's trading friendship bracelets who's everybody everybody like with, at the whole concert? Like with strangers? Yeah. yeah. Why? What the fuck? 
Because it's one of the lines in one of the songs says, take, you have your friend, we'd like make your friendship bracelets or something. And so everybody, like when the tour was announced, the fandom said, we're going to make friendship bracelets. And I'll tell you what, I want to know, I should have saved the link because there was a girl who, so I'm maybe there's probably more people doing it with the floss, but more people were smart and did the like buttons or the um, beads, which is probably way faster, Mm. but that's not a friendship bracelet to me. It is, but like, to me, I wanted to make them like with the floss but there was one girl that showed she's like mine and it was like fearless and like the album titles with the right colors and then it was like versus what my husband made and the husband's one said like fuck you jake gyllenhaal and like <laughs> hey you john mayer <laughs> and i was like what show are they going to because i want one of those <laughs> she was like mine are all nice and my husband's are like fuck you john mayer <laughs> i can't believe her husband even participates I think he should get a medal from just for participating in her weirdnesses. So you ready for me now? Of course. Are you okay. ready for me? Yes, we are. Are you ready for it? Yes. I'm ready. The book that I am going to review this week was one that I had read to possibly review for our theme week. So I'm still in the Irish theme. It's not quite April yet. That's so true, good, right? I, so, I have a Guinness true. in the fridge if you want me to pour it for you. You drink it while I review. Okay. How about that? All right. Oh, just fit right in. Uh, this is a book. It's nonfiction. It's actually a memoir, almost. It's called Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt. Going right Holy for the jugular crap. this yeah. week. Yep. <laughs> she went yep. in for it. Um, this actually isn't as sad as some of the books I've read. I mean, it's sad, yes, but it's written in such a matter-of-fact kind of style that it's not quite as heart-wrenching as it could be if it was written more dramatic. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is about Frank's life, I'm guessing, since it's a nonfiction and it's a memoir. Uh, it starts off with him being, I think he's about four, maybe four-ish, right around that age. And him and his mom and his brothers live in Brooklyn during the depression. Of course, they're super poor. They live in an apartment that's just doesn't have electricity and they just, they don't have diapers for the baby. They keep having to wash out the same diapers. So they're quite worn out and so on and so forth. Dad can't find a good job. Then when he does find a good job, he ends up going to the pub and drinking the money away. Um, the mom in this really has some balls because when the dad, when the husband is drinking the money away, and I can't remember his name, but when he works and it's time for his paycheck and she knows that he's just going to take to the pub and spend it all on Guinness, um, <laughs> she goes down and talks to his, his boss and says she's going to wait right there until his paycheck get, comes out and she's taking it. Ooh. And the boss is like, no, you can't do that or else I'll have all the wives here wanting their husband. <laughs> and she's and so instead she stands out on the street and waits for him to come out of work to go to the pub and then stops him and takes his paycheck away from him. Go. Oh. Yeah. So the kids live an extremely poor life, but they still go to the park and play. They're still kids. And some of the generosity from the other neighbors was amazing to me. Like you said, it takes a village. And um, these kids definitely had the support of their community. Um, There was a Jewish lady who lived in the same apartment building as them. And when they were struggling and super poor and dad drunk the paycheck away and they didn't have any food, she would bring them over soup and sometimes she would bring them over meat, which was a huge treat for them because they didn't get meat every day. Obviously most of the time it was, you know, tea and bread, milk and sugar. That was it. The babies, a lot of times it was sugar water because they didn't have money for milk. Um, And also when mom had errands to run and the kids would go to the playground by themselves and I'm talking like a baby in diapers, uh, Frank, who was about four, and then the older brother, who was like maybe five or six, 
went to the park by themselves all day long. Their grocery, their grocer who lived, who worked across the street would sometimes bring him uh, fruit that was about to expire that he couldn't sell because it was too close to expiration date. Like it was too close to being bad or like, you know, the apples had too many bruises or whatever. He would come bring the food, the fruit over to them to eat. So I thought that was kind of sweet. Yeah. But also besides the nice people, you can definitely see the disgust some people have towards them because they're poor and they're Irish immigrants. And unfortunately, Irish immigrants uh, caught a lot of slack in New York when they came over. So because they struggled so much and they just were not making it, they decided to go back to Ireland. Also, one of the reasons why they decided to go back to Ireland is because of the, the death of one of the children and the mom was just not getting over it. She was so depressed. She wouldn't even leave her bed. She wouldn't take care of the other kids. She wouldn't take care of the baby. Um, Frank and his older brother were trying to take care of the baby in diapers. And of course at five and six, you, you don't know what you're doing. And um, that's one of the times that the Jewish lady came over to check on him and found the baby just running around naked because Frank and I think the older, older one's name was like Maliki or something like that. They didn't know how to wash out diapers. So yeah, it, they just, it was just a really hard time. They go back to Ireland and of course they don't find very much different there. Frank does, okay, or not Frank, I'm sorry. The dad does okay for a little while as far as drinking his paycheck away and then just ends up going to the same thing that he did before they live in this rent house that's at the end of a lane and it's at the end of the lane right next to the privy that the whole lane uses so you can imagine the smell of this bathroom especially in the summertime because you know this isn't like they don't have plumbing nobody ever cleans this bathroom where everybody goes so just the smell and then when it rains it floods their apart their house and it had two floors and it's kind of funny because Frank uh, describes they dis they decide to name the bottom part of the house Ireland and the top of the house Italy because oh, Italy gosh. stays dry because during the rainy season they all have to stay upstairs they can't go downstairs and then when things get really bad and Frank's dad leaves and doesn't come back and nobody knows where he is at and they don't have any money. They start tearing off boards of this house to burn so that they can heat up water to make food and stay warm and stuff. And they end up collapsing the whole house in because they've pulled so many boards out of the walls to burn. Oh gosh. So well, then, Italy, though, Italy floods. I feel like Italy was not the best choice for the second floor. Uh, Frank is not very old when he names it. I think he just names it that because I, I don't know. Maybe he <laughs> thinks it's like this exotic place. I have no clue. Okay, fair. And um, then it, it just kind of goes on from there about the kids growing up. Um, just they run into a lot of obstacles, like because they're poor. And Frank is smart. He, he's really, really smart, even though he hasn't had too much of an education. And his teacher of the school that he does go to thinks that he needs to further his education. So his mom takes him down to the church to see about secondary school. And the church literally slams the door in their face because they're poor and they don't think that he would fit in. Oh my. I mean, it's just, it just makes you, they try so hard to make things work and it just doesn't seem, they just run into so many problems that it's, it's insane, but it, it was a super good read. The writing style was like very different. He wrote it in the eyes of the age that he was at, at the time that it was happening. 
So like when he's five, it's like written from a five-year-old's perspective. So like if there's things that he doesn't understand, he doesn't explain it in the book. Like when his mom gets pregnant and his dad says that the baby comes from angels in the seventh step. So like, then he thinks an angel lives in the seventh step of their house. So he'll go, he used to go and talk to the angels at the seventh step because, you know, that's the angel that brought the baby. Aww. <laughs> Bless his and, heart. But he also, as Frank gets older in the book, his thinking and the writing becomes a little bit more mature. So it's like the maturity of the writing style gets older as he gets older. And it's not choppy at all. It's very, it flows really, really well. And I thought that was, that was quite genius. It was, it was pretty great. I'm just real. I literally for my whole life thought that this book was a World War II book. No, no, it's not a World War II book. No, I know. Um, Obviously not, but I really thought it was my whole life. (laughs) Now, I think, um, I think World War, there is a war that's going on and it might be World War II, but Ireland's not part of the war. Um, And when the dad disappears, he actually goes to England for work because the war's going on. So they need people to come in and work in the factories and stuff. And that's where he goes to go to work, but then they never hear from him again. Hmm. So I just literally thought this was a totally different plot to this book. <laughs> no, no, no. I, they do talk about the war, but it's very secondary. Gotcha. It's very in the background. It was ah. a gloriously written book and it flowed really well. Um, it was a sad book, obviously. They're poor. Children die. They get picked on. Poor Frank has rotten teeth by the time that he's like, you know, seven because he doesn't get the nutrition that he needs to keep his bones healthy. But it was very matter-of-factly, so it wasn't quite the emotional roller coaster as some of the books that I read. And since it was told from a little kid's point of view, it wasn't so on the nose. Kind of like... The angel in the seventh step. I know, and you know, that's not where babies come from. But it at the isn't? time, it's what? Not. That's the stork. The stork doesn't <laughs> live in the seventh step. Some houses don't have a seventh step. I know. What do they do when they have want to have a baby? Go find somewhere with a step. Get busy yep. with it. <laughs> it was really great when he got old enough to kind of um, want to know where babies actually did come from and like everybody in his class like knew this one boy who knew more about girls than anybody else so they'd go to him to ask questions and they used to talk about um like your sexual desire as um excitement the excitement so if you had the excitement with a girl then she could have a baby oh my Uh uh-huh so that's what we're going to call it now the excitement excitement I have a little of the excitement going on, but yeah, it, it was a really good read. It's a little bit long. I won't lie. Um, and there are times that it kind of does get a little bit tedious, especially when he's just talking about his day to day, going to pick apples out of an orchard until they get run off by the farmer and, you know, stuff like that, going down to the pub to go find his dad. And, but it was a really good book. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it gave me a little bit of a book hangover. It's the first book in a long time that's done that. Definitely a five-star read. I would recommend it. Maybe not to Martha. Yes, thank you. I, I would totally ignore you anyway if that were the case. And that's called Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt. Okay. So I'm going to be a little unconventional today. No. I know. I'm going to review The Unbelievers. Why is that you, Larry? The fan fiction. That's very un- unconventional. You didn't react at all. I was, I was waiting for. Martha I don't to even like, know who that is. No, but I'm not. That's not what I'm reviewing, Martha. <laughs> Stop trying to bait me, Megan. It's I was so like, hard. fan fiction is so like you. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I can review it, but I really thought <laughs> no. Martha would give me a full-on like, what the fuck. 
<laughs> you didn't take the bait at all. Sorry. <sighs> Maybe I just know you too well, Megan. <laughs> Damn it. You better leave that in because I told Rachel I was going to do it. <laughs> Rachel, we failed. She didn't react You're at right. all. Not at all. You did not get me at all. Damn it. Too busy looking something up on her phone. Yeah, I know. That's, that's why, because I'm sitting here going, God damn it, all these books are blending together in my mind. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what the hell happened. Sorry. One day. One day. Uh, all right. So what I'm actually going to review today, I mean, unless you want me to review the Larry fan fiction. No, I think no. I could pass on no. that. <laughs> we already I... talked about, make, like, we already talked about Taylor Swift. New subject. <laughs> Larry, that's Taylor Swift. There's a difference. It's all blends. You know how her <laughs> books blend in her head? All of that blends in my head to the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I had to put some levity before my review this week because I am reviewing Mouse by Art Spiegelman. And some of you may have heard of this book last year because it became a hot topic because it was being banned in a lot of schools i'm pretty sure it's probably been on the banned book list for a while but for some reason this one just took off in the news of being banned and i went into a bookstore and they had a hardback copy and i was like you're coming home with me and so it was calling my name for my shelf so mouse is the story of let me find his first name uh, is the story of Vladik Spielman and his son is basically getting him to tell him his, his life story. And Art is also the son. But Art, the author's name is Spiegelman, but in the description it just says Spielman. So I'm, I don't know if someone typed something wrong or what. But anyway, so it's um, Vladik's story and it's a graphic novel. That's what makes it kind of different for me to read. I don't read a lot of graphic novels. And we are following Vladik's story from the start of the war all the way through the war to the end of the war to current times in the 60s and 70s. Um, so his son is just kind of saying, hey, I want to make a comic book about your life and your time in, in underneath the Nazi reign and his father was at Auschwitz and he's like I just want to tell your story so he's telling it through the graphic novel so you're getting kind of flashbacks to then and to now and what's interesting is the characters are different animals so it's not like Animal Farm necessarily because someone asked me that when I was telling them like it's like Animal Farm I'm like no but not really so um the Nazi characters, anyone you meet that's a Nazi is a cat. And they're always like angry looking cats. So that fits. And typically the Jewish population, they're little mice. And the French are frogs. You only meet like one Frenchman, but he's a frog. And the Americans, when the Americans come and they're the soldiers, um, like liberating the camps, they're like golden retrievers is kind of what they look like. They're little dogs. And who else did we meet? Oh, and then the uh, there's people... I, I, wanna, I don't want to say it's Polish, but it might have been Polish. There's a group that are um, like pigs, basically, I think is what they were. And at some point, um, Vlad Vladrick, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, in his journeys, they, they try to blend in with the Poles. Um, because I think they're in Austria originally. So they're trying to blend in. And he actually, like, the cartoon puts on, like, a pig mask. Like, he's trying to blend in with the animals around him. So it's really interesting visually. Um, I'm not sure why. Well, I do know why this book's probably banned. Because it's one of those books that would just get banned. Why are any books banned? I don't know. <laughs> but it's a really great way to tell difficult stories that would engage younger kids i would not recommend it for probably less than high school because it's pretty even though it's a cartoon it's it's drawn it's a pencil drawing graphic novel but his the story is detailed it talks about you know 
this group of people were hanged because they did this or you know when they cleared the ghettos all these people were shot and it tells you exactly what was happening to his father in his lifetime so i wouldn't necessarily go with like oh i could take this to like my middle school or that i probably would not i would probably save it for for high school and above but it just shows how his father got through the war how um where everybody in their community ended up. Uh, Some people, obviously, most of the people that he knew, that his father knew, did not survive the war uh, because most of them were sent to Auschwitz. But really powerful read. It's pretty, there's two volumes of it. I got the complete volume, so it's all in one book. But if you can't find the complete volume, there are two volumes of it. And it shows his son kind of really trying to understand why his father is who he is as an adult and getting his story and he was asking for his mother's journals that she wrote after the war because he wants to know her side of the story and what happened, how she felt, what was happening to her. And those journals are now gone. So he's relying on his dad to fill in blanks. And he obviously can't fill in blanks because his dad wasn't always with his mother because they were in different camps. But I liked it. I thought it was really powerful. I gave it five stars. I highly recommend it. And anytime I can get my hands on a banned book and read it and review it, I like to. (laughs) When something gets banned, it becomes the bestseller of the month, right? Because everybody then is like, you're going to ban it? Fine, I'm going to go buy it. So for a long time, I couldn't even find it because it was sold out everywhere. But I liked how they used the cartoons and the different animals and getting to see more of like a personal journey compared to like an overarching, like here's everything that happened to one neighborhood. Like it followed truly like one or two people throughout the whole story um, that his father would interact with. And it was super powerful. I highly recommend it. And that is Mouse by Art Spiegelman. I remember them talking about that on the news. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Um, Our library in Tuttle there was an issue with that book. There and, is some and, there is some mouse nudity. Yes, that, that's what Vivian said. She said, if they're going to ban this book for a mouse penis, I'm going to stand up and say something. Yeah, that's only like one or two. Just little mouse penises in there. Yeah, it's it's one of the scenes in, in, the, in Auschwitz when they're taking their clothes. When they're naked, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like... Just here's random like genitalia. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's... like a sexual thing. They no, were, no, they not were at naked. It's a humiliation to get thing. Down or yeah. whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah. It, it's not like a romance where it's just like here's a naked man on the cover for fun. Like it was part of the ex- their, his his father's experience. So not like my naked family. man. Yeah, kind of exactly like your naked man because they were little mice. It's art. <laughs> <laughs> For for those of you yes. who can't see what she's holding up, it's a tiny little replica of the Statue of David. Yes. From Las Vegas. From Vegas. <laughs> that my son brought me. That it, oh, I'm not shocked that it was banned. I'd like to read some of the reasons why. Uh, because if you are going to ban... I mean, I guess Anne Frank's diaries are probably on the banned yeah, book list too. Are. Yeah, So yeah. I guess it's not a surprise, but... I just remember when I went to look for it, when it all started, it was nowhere to be had. Everywhere was sold out because so many people went and bought it just to make it on the bestseller list to like prove a point. So when I saw it, I bought it immediately because I was like, it might disappear again. And it's on my shelf next to all my other World War II books. It has its home. Awesome. I had a real hard time trying to decide what I want to review today, which is probably why when Megan tried to punk me, (laughs) <laughs> I, I did not re, re, react because I was really studying and trying to decide which one of these books I was going to review. But I decided ultimately to go with the winner of the National Book Award for Fiction, The Rabbit Hutch by Tess Gunty. This was a really interesting book, just in the style that it was written. Definitely not the kind of book that was an easy read. Because it's not so straightforward as some stories are. You, 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 you aren't really sure who the main characters are and where they're headed because there are so many of them, for starters. 
But as you read, you start to realize that they're all connected in some way. But but really, the main focus lies on this apartment building. And they call it the Rabbit Hutch because it's right on the edge of town and the walls are really thin. And it's a cheap place where, you know, people who are down on their luck or whatever can't, really can't afford to live anywhere else. Three, I'm trying to think of how many are in that apartment. I think it's it's the girl and three boys. They are 18 years old and they've just aged out of the foster care system. So they're all sharing sharing a place in this apartment building. And there's also a lady that lives there that writes obituaries. That's part of her job for like websites and stuff. Well, she writes this. Uh, this is the reason it's a hard story to tell is because it touches so many different stories. They're all based in this town called Vacaville, Indiana, where it used to be a really thriving community. But since the demise of this automaker car called Zorn Automotive or Zorn Automobiles, they were the richest people in town, basically. Um, there were a lot of people who worked there, and it was closed down. Well, some of those Zorn people still live there, and you, you get a little insight into that as well. The girl who writes the obituaries, it feels like she's not as huge a character, but yet she's really kind of important because... As part of her job, she monitors the comments on the obituaries website. Well, a guy gets on there on his mother's um, obituary and writes a really awful comment. And she deletes it. Well, he calls in. He's like, that's my mother. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> and she's like, well, no, you can't. So she deletes his comment on there. Well, his mother's an actress and they're the best way you could explain it is they're estranged they didn't get along so you hear their story of how he grew up I think the common thread that goes through the whole thing is isolation and loneliness because each one of these characters is very isolated and very lonely in their own way one of the foster kids the main main characters in the rabbit hutch is an 18 year old girl she has I find this really interesting because she's changed her name which and she changed her name cut her hair dyed it did all this stuff as like a transformation to turn her into somebody else but the name that she chose is Blandine it was just an interesting choice of names. And so you hear her story too. You hear about why she changed her name. She's a waitress at this really bizarre cafe, which serves pie, but yet it's like really bizarre pie, like broccoli and asparagus pie. I don't know. It just really, I know it sounded good to me, but weird, weird pies. And... So you kind of get a, a picture of her. You hear about some of the things that she's been through. It's kind of hard to explain what the book is about because there are so many different things going on. But like I said, that really strong thread of isolation just sort of goes through the whole thing. It's a really kind of a depressing book. Oddly enough, I liked it because I usually don't like depressing books. But the way it was written was so compelling and it was impossible to put the dang thing down because you just wanted to find out how all of these things could possibly be connected. I mean, the guy whose comment got deleted gets back at his enemies by painting himself in glow stick and showing up in their apartment at night. And scaring them with his glowing body. Sounds like my man's got some issues. Yeah, every pretty much everybody in this book's got some issues. It touches on some sexual abuse. It touches on animal 
cruelty. I mean, some some goats get sacrificed. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's all these different things are sort of together in this really strange configuration of things that happen. But yet, it's just a haunting book when you finish it. When I first finished, I was like, what the hell? But then I sat with it for a little while and realized the power of the way she told the story. It really was an incredible book. I can see why she won the National Book Award for Fiction for this for this book. I believe she's I believe it's her debut as well. So I'm definitely going to get a copy of this. I wish I'd found it before she won the award cuz now it's going to be harder to find a first edition copy. Very true. It was kind of that was the kind of book where not everyone liked it. And like I said, when you pick it up, it's not the immediate kind of, oh, this is the story. I know where it's going. I know what's going to happen. Not predictable at all. And it was a difficult read at times, but definitely worth the journey. And I think anybody who likes a challenging read that likes to watch all of the threads as they finally get woven together and you finally see the connections between everything. That's what this book was like. And that was The Rabbit Hutch by Tess Gunty. That does not sound like a book you usually read. No, it, no, I, this is what I do. Sometimes, uh, well, I think I've talked about this before is I go on and I read all of the descriptions of the new books that are coming out and then I put them on hold. Especially if it's a debut, I put them on hold even though I might not like it. And then I'll try it just to see how it goes. Well, that was one of these books. I had had it on hold. The first time I went to check it out, I wasn't in the mood for it, so I waited. And then the next time, it just happened to be when I needed something to read and... It was just fell right into place as one of my favorite books of the year so far. Wow. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it just had so many different subjects that were woven in there, like the foster care piece, you know, about the loneliness of being a foster kid that ages out and still doesn't have a family. Um, oh, just so good. But as if you ask me what it's about, that's impossible. I can't tell you what it's about because there's just too many things. It's hard with those books that have so many different threads, so many things going on all at one time. Yeah, yeah. Really? Because you're like, on this finger, you have. Exactly, such such, exactly. This one. And really, it, it the, the apartment building and the town became almost a character in themselves because it was such a depressing place anyway. You know, a, a formerly vibrant and thriving place is now this rusting carcass of a car, you know? Yeah. It's just really cool. So, yeah. Yay. Cool and depressing. God, we were a depressing group this week. Yeah, we I know, we all yeah, just... Yeah, we did, not even really trying to. No, because I don't know if people know, we don't tell each other what we're reviewing. No, typically. never. We have no idea. Not unless yeah. it's going to be no. like a theme or something. Yeah. So for all of us to have picked a depressing book, I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe it's just a <laughs> depre depressing kind of time of year for us. It's been a depressing month. It's been a shit month. I it can't has. wait for March to be over. Yeah, I might, because I'm off next weekend, because I'll be, obviously, at Taylor Swift. So I was like, I need, like, a third after book <laughs> to, like, get off this depressing track I'm on. Yeah. That's one of the great things about when we're actually off the podcast for a week. Then we can read for fun. We can read whatever we want. Not that we don't well, anyway, because we do yeah. kind of. Well, I just, I, I make a point. You can't read of, sequels, though. That's the yeah, hard, I, hardest part. I make a point of taking one week off each month so I can read a backlist book. That, yeah. Or a sequel or whatever. 
or something that Bonnie already beat me to because I have several on my shelf that Bonnie beat me to because they were <laughs> historical fiction. So they're just sitting yeah. waiting. I thought about it because I Silka's Journey is sitting here on my shelf. I was like, no, I can't read two Holocaust oh, books don't in a read row. That one. No. <laughs> I was like, I gotta break those up. Listen, I did that. Oh God, I can't remember how long ago it was. I read like three like super depressing books. Like one of them was a uh boy in the striped pajamas oh yes oh god and yeah. then uh another one by is his name john boyne oh yep mm-hmm. another one by john boyne and then i can't remember the other one that i read but they were all just like tear your heart out and stomp yep. on it wasn't that a little book. life that same it could have been, that one have been. That i read but, yeah so it's like all right I need to, then I read like a hundred ways to die in the West or something like that. And that I sat here like looking at my shelf, like, okay, what's a book that is one I can't review, but will be happy. And I was like, looking, I was like, I'm running out of those choices. (laughs) You should read that romance that I uh, reviewed last week. That was such a cute, light, quirky story, not too romancy. Yeah. It but wasn't... it's good. It means I'm getting through my backlist. If I'm looking at the shelf and I have like more books that we haven't reviewed that I haven't read to review than I have that I can't review, that means I'm making True. progress through my backlist. True. So, but yeah, after after one, because I was like, yeah, I could use some toxic hardened Scott in my life. <laughs> oh, peanut butter being a liquid. Oh yes. Okay. What so the fuck. All right. So okay, we're talking about that on the news this morning. I know. Right. I was going to talk about it on my show on Friday. And then I ended up not being able to because I had, I had Friday was just a busy day. So I but pulled I, up I this mean, story. And the story is that the TSA has now categorized peanut butter as a liquid. So, for example, you can't have a jar of peanut butter in your luggage because it's classified as a liquid and therefore could be, I don't know, explosive or whatever the reason that you can't have liquid on an airline. That's, I mean, it is liquid-like. Well, they've classified it. It is considered a liquid. Now they're saying that the classification is anything that won't hold its shape outside of the jar. Oh. And peanut butter won't hold the shape outside the jar. You but are think correct. about all the other things. Like, if you have a jar of cold cream, that's not going to hold its shape outside. So can you not have? Any well, you can have it. You just have to have like the small, like yeah. You can't like take that. a big thing of cold cream in your in your luggage or mousse. Yeah, have, like yeah, one time, I had a jar of mousse. You can't get that fucking stuff in a little package. It's the big one or nothing, no. right? So hair here he gel? goes. He you starts going through that? my thing, and he throws out my hair gel, and he throws out my mousse, and I'm like, dude. You, it's yeah. not like you can tamper with a moose jar, you know, because they're, they're, what do you call that? Pressurized. They're pressurized. I mean, how are you going to make that an explosive? Yeah, by putting something in it before you pressurize it, I guess. I don't know. No, but that kind of, I mean, you could take a small peanut butter. You just kind of, I mean, you think about though, if your peanut butter sits for too long, or if it's organic peanut butter, it will separate and liquefy. Because, like, the, I had the, the one at my that, desk that I hadn't used in a minute, and I went to make a sandwich the other day, and I was like, wow, I had to, like, stir it all back up because it had separated a yeah. little bit. I thought you had to refrigerate those ones. No. The organic ones, yes. Well, the regular yeah. ones, no. The trouble okay. with refrigerating peanut butter, I mean, if you don't use peanut butter a lot, like like us, you almost have to refrigerate it oh, because see, it, goes, it, it goes rancid. You, yeah. You know, we just don't eat it that often. One right, Megan. Fakes. I didn't. I didn't even know peanut butter could go bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, well, the I, the or the organic stuff I think really goes bad quicker if it's, it's because not because it doesn't have a lot of preservatives and whatnot yes. in it. It's just basically just ground peanut. But I use the one at my desk fairly often, and it's like our emergency diabetic peanut butter because we have one of our girls is like diabetic and sometimes forgets that she's diabetic. <laughs> And so every couple of months, like somebody would run into my office, like, do you have peanut butter? And I'd be like, yep. And so it kind of became like the, un- like I used it for sandwiches if I forgot to pack my lunch or something, but yeah, we, it didn't bad. It just separated. The radio bit. station peanut butter did not fare well over the, over the uh, pandemic. I had to throw it away. Yeah, I bet not. Because we keep, you know, we keep storm supplies up yes. there. 
So uh, usually a few cans of soup and some peanut butter and crackers and stuff like that. The crackers disappear within the first two weeks if everybody knows where they're at. But Two weeks is a long time to have crackers in my house. They're usually gone for <laughs> two days. So well, I, I love crackers. Crack, I can just sit and eat crackers. Yeah, like, as soon as those overnight guys no see, see that there are crackers, they're gone. Yeah. But yeah, the whole peanut butter thing. I mean, I kind of knew that when when they said it it kind of made sense to me because i remember one specific year right when they started getting picky about what you could take there was a, a lady that was coming home from thanksgiving and she brought a container of her mother's gravy home oh and they shit. threw the gravy away and that just hurt my whole heart because you know how i feel about gravy yeah well and if you think about like a peanut butter jar you could like hide things in the peanut butter. Yes, jar. you could. Yeah, but I mean, they, it goes through the yeah thing. I mean, like, you could X-ray barely, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But evidently, you know, the people at the TSA are just done. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck this. We're not doing this anymore. Y'all can well, just forget about bringing your peanut butter. You know what blows my mind is that you know today they're saying that we can't pay, take peanut butter on a plane. But then how long ago was it that they caught like one or two people on different flights that had brought guns aboard? Yeah, that's right. that's happened. Um, that it's was like, this year, you... wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, and I, check I... those people, not my peanut butter. Don't well, mess with my peanut butter, man. I traveled for with my two jobs ago. And I had my paring knife in my trap, my carry-on bag for months and didn't realize it was even in there. And I went to empty my bag one day and I was like, how many times have I gone on a plane with this? See, they got my pocket knife the last time because it's like in the back of my, you know, how my, yeah. I, I carry a little back, a little mini backpack as a purse. Yeah. And there's a little compartment on the back where I keep my magnetic key from the station, my magnet and my car keys and stuff. I never open that ever. And it has my, had my pocket knife in there. So, of course, it didn't. I mean, I took everything else out of my purse. I redid everything. Made sure everything was good before we got on the plane. And what would you know? Yep. Left that pocket Left knife. Left that goddamn pocket knife in there. And I loved that pocket knife. It was beautiful. I don't know. I can see if they're using, like Bonnie said, the logic of if it doesn't hold its shape, it's a liquid. That's fair. Do you think about like a granola bar is a granola bar? But yeah. like you're not changing the shape of a granola bar. No. But like peanut butter and moot like hair gels and stuff you can like use to do other things with if you want to MacGyver that shit. Well, you know, we when we were uh coming back from where the hell were we coming back from? Minnesota maybe. Dylan had bought some spices. Because mm. you know he likes to cook. So he had bought some spices and put them in his in his carry on, and they tested him for explosives because of the powder. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> We're like, holy shit, really? Yep. So I guess people are pretty inventive about the ways that they try to. They do, and it's those yeah. people that are ruining it for the rest of us. So stop putting explosives in your spices, you assholes. <laughs> Damn it! Let I me have my peanut, peanut butter. butter by the spoon while I'm waiting for my flight. You can only take the to-go cup size. How many? How many to-go cups can I take? <laughs> they open There's up. not very much peanut There's butter. There's not a limit on the things. number of. Yeah, they can open up container. Bonnie's carry-on and all these tiny little GIF packets go pop, <laughs> popping out. Well, you said I couldn't have a jar. I have like the Jiffy pouches, you know, that are yeah. like tear. The <laughs> these are my peanut butter and these are my my jam. <laughs> you have your gogurts. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> these Everything is like in little kid tear packages. Yeah. Well, that's what I can take on the plane. <laughs> these TSA agents have not messed with these girls. We're we're ready for them. <laughs> it's all about compromise. I can't take my jar, then I'll just take all these little pouches. Yep. There you go. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry, TSA. We'll and let's just hope that none of them happen to explode in your luggage because. Oh, right. oh. 
peanut butter right. everywhere. I'm sorry, I can't come to the wedding. My dress was ruined by the peanut butter in my luggage. Oh my gosh, and peanut butter just <laughs> is so hard to get off of anything. Oh, the smell. Oh, that the smell would be okay with me. I like the smell of peanut, I love butter. peanut butter. I just hope that nobody at that wedding is allergic to peanuts <laughs> because. I'd be smelling like peanut butter. <laughs> the groom's lips are swelling up as he goes up to the altar. <laughs> I'm just saving him the collagen treatments later. <laughs> and that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group three book girls tribe on facebook if you really love them share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events three book girls a steel trap production